incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, and my very first live show. So we'll see how it goes. And say sorry from the beginning just in case, but hey, just positivity. So the chat is open. So if you guys are out there, jump in the chat. I'll be trying to monitor it as best I can. If you have any questions, send them through. I'll do my best to pull them up, answer what I can. It can be about any of the topics we'll be discussing or anything you want to talk about. We'll do our best. If we go off course, then we go off course. So yeah, um, as always, follow us on Twitter at Radio Rebel Pod. Uh, send us your questions over there. Um, like I mentioned this morning, if you're following us on Twitter, I'm grateful for all of you guys, our uh, podcasts have have gone over a hundred listeners, so I do thank you guys. This is all thanks to you. There's been some times at the beginning beginning that I thought about kind of ah, this is not going the way I thought it was gonna be. Especially after I think it was episode three and four, I wasn't getting as much kind of listens as I thought. Again, we are a pretty brand new show, pretty small, just myself at the moment. So I didn't have these big visions of grandeur, but you know, you want to build your your pod podcast little by little. I had my doubts at the beginning, but my wife kind of said, "Do you like doing this?" I said yes. So I pushed through, and now we're over a hundred listeners. I mean, listens of all the shows. Our Twitter accounts is getting new followers every day. So thank you. This is all thanks to you guys. So we'll keep doing this. We'll keep going and talking Star Wars all that we can. Um, and we see, yeah, I'm doing fine. How are you? How are you doing, Rural Farm Boy? Always great friend of the show, great friend of all the podcasts out there, always promoting us. So thank you from the heart. Um, so yeah, today, um, before we get to it, we're going to be, I mean, like, comment, subscribe to the channel, all the things that kids tell you to do. And if you're just listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whichever one, and rate and review. So today we'll be going over the weekly news. We got a few news topics. We're, of course, going to do a review of the great Clone Wars episode that just dropped yesterday. And I don't know, I've been very, I don't know, I've been very prequel like this past couple of weeks. And we're going to be doing our favorite quotes from the Prequels and a lot of it thanks to you guys for going on the Twitter feed, um, answering those posts that I posted on Friday. I think it was Friday. All the days just mesh together now. Whoever knows. Is this ever re even recording? I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, yeah, then probably later today, I'm going to be hosting a Star Wars prequel trivia with my brother-in-law through Zoom. So, yeah, it's a prequel kind of weekend. So... With that said, and with you guys hopefully enjoying this and watching this, let's talk Star Wars. So our first news, and instead of Star Wars news, I think I'm going to start calling this segment the Mando news because past couple of weeks, it's just been Mandalorian Season 2, Mandalorian Season 2, every day something new related to the Mandalorian Season 2, but I don't mind. I like Mandalorian. Do you like Mandalorian? I think you guys do. So let's jump right on it. So the first one, more Mando coming soon. So we talked last week about how 
Akasia Nandor TV show, it's supposedly coming out in 2021, then Obi-Wan 2022, and some people were kind of, ah, that's too long of a way we want it now. And we did say that we had Mandalorian just finished, Clone Wars going on, it still has three more weeks to go. We just learned the last episode that's going to be on Star Wars Day, May 4th. And then we just learned a couple of days ago that if you're starved for Mandalorian content, don't worry because StarWars.com just revealed that we will be getting an eight-part documentary series titled Disney Gallery The Mandalorian. So Disney Gallery The Mandalorian is an opportunity for fans of the show to take a look inside and get to see different perspectives and perhaps a greater understanding of how The Mandalorian came together and some of the incredibly talented contributors throughout season one, said Favreau. Uh, topics this season include the filmmaking process, the legacy of George Lucas, uh, how the cast brought the characters to life, the series groundbreaking technology, and the artistry behind the show's practical model, effects, and creatures. Plus the creative influences, the iconic score, and connection to Star Wars characters and props from across the galaxy. Uh, like we, we said, the first episode will premiere on Star Wars Day, May 4th, which also is the same day that Clone Wars comes to an end. So it will be a bitter end for one thing, but then we get a little bit more Mandalorian. And if you guys know me, if you've been following me on Twitter, or I should say the Radio Rebellion page, you know I'm a sucker for all the behind-the-stuff um, in information, documentaries. Um, I love the art of Star Wars. So if, again, I've been reading the Rise of Skywalker art of book and every page you get to learn more about each design, all the progression from stage, step one to step 30 when JJ kind of finally agrees on something and how the story changes and then the people behind the scene have to change the designs and all that. So seeing something similar from The Mandalorian is right up my alley and hopefully please write up yours. So what do you guys think? Is this something you kind of are interested in? Do you, would you have preferred something different? But again, it takes us behind the scene of The Mandalorian. We all love the credits when they show the, the concept art for The Mandalorian and seeing it come to life, all that groundbreaking technology that they're using. I think it's called what, the void or something like that, that big stage where they do everything with the screens kind of showing the background. So yeah, seeing how this is made, getting to learn more from all the directors and the writers, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. So hopefully you got, you you guys tune in eight weeks. I mean eight episodes, one per week. And again, if this starts in May, goes for eight weeks, that puts us in July. Then we have the High Republic novels and books coming out. And then season two of The Mandalorian in October. So there's a lot of Star Wars to look for in the next coming month. month. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. So following this Mandalorian news, we jump to, guess what? Another Mandalorian season two news. And that comes to Fennec Shan probably returning for season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit. We speculated. Uh, when we did our Mandalorian reviews and what we wanted or expected for season two, we did say that wasting an actress like Mina when in just one episode was kind of a waste. So we hope to see more of her. And I'm reading now from StarWarsNewsNet.com saying that 
that hashtag show reports that Mayna went filmed scenes as Fennec Chan for season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, so this is not kind of that shocking. We all kind of hope and expected that this would come to pass, and it seems like it's going to be. Uh, there's no reports on if this is flashbacks, maybe to Dean Jaren's days as a bounty hunter. Maybe he ran with Fennec Shan. Or is this a continuation of season one? As we know, she kind of seems dead in that episode five, The Gunslinger, but we had The Stranger show up. We'll see again who the stranger is. There's a lot of conversations. We most likely think it's going to be Boba Fett. I'm hoping for Cat Bane. Hoping, but not expecting it. Or maybe someone else. But yes, more Fennec Shand, more Mingna Wen is all great on my book. So bring it. Uh, so yeah, you guys like this? Do you think now there's already too many characters in Mandalorian Season 2? Um, so yeah, hey, peace and part six. Hello to you guys, Dave and Liv, always. Thanks again for the support and the comments. So nice seeing you guys here. Uh, so yeah, Man the only thing that I don't want to say I'm worried about because you gotta trust the people behind Mandalorian is that it seems if all the reports in the past couple of months are true, it's a lot of characters, a lot of people that are coming on board. So we don't want it want this to be one of those, what do they say, Batman and Robin and kind of stuff, like they just keep piling and piling. People like those characters, just put them in. So hopefully we don't get kind of ambushed with, not ambushed, but kind of, you get too many characters in. There's a lot to focus on already for season two with uh, Mando, obviously, with Baby Yoda, the Darksaber, Jedi maybe coming into play. And then all the new characters are supposedly showing up. Plus all the the old characters coming back. We know that Bill Burr character is coming back. So probably the other bounty hunters. So it seems like a lot of characters coming in. Hope we again we don't know either the episode length or episode count. So we don't know if it's going to be eight episodes. Maybe they go to ten or twelve. Maybe they're an hour long this time instead of thirty to forty minutes. And maybe that way they can bring in extra characters and give them enough time to breathe. It won't be a one-off one like it seemed a lot of them were. So we only have a few more months to wait, and we'll see what happens. All right, so that's it for our second news of the day. And guess what? Mandalorian news number three. So did Rosario Dawson confirm that she's playing Ahsoka on season two of The Mandalorian. Well, not quite. Uh, during an interview with Variety, that topic did come up about from Star Trek and some other stuff, but the actress' response to Ahsoka was, that's not confirmed yet, but when that happens, I will be very happy. I'm very excited for that to be confirmed at some point, she said, adding that it will be a million and one percent because of the fans. So what do you guys make of these comments? Since Rosario Dawson and Ahsoka has has kind of been rumored to be in The Mandalorian Season 2, I've always treated it as a rumor, even though every week or every day it's like someone else confirms it. There are, there's another news. Uh, then Clone Wars comes up, and you have Bo-Katan with Ursa Ren, all the connection with Ahsoka, Ahsoka coming in, in her arcs in the Clone Wars kind of starting, so it's all started kind of meshing. But who knows? I think I'm gonna 
move my numbers up. I'm going to say like 90% that Ahsoka is coming in. But yes, as our friend Anthony says, let's wait for Lucasfilm to confirm. But I think it's a pretty done deal. I also saw some people online kind of, oh, maybe this means that she's not going to play. I guess some people don't like her playing. I know a lot of us would like Ashley Eckstein to get the chance to portray this character, but it doesn't seem that that's going to happen, especially after her comments a few weeks ago. But I'm all in for Rosario Dawson. But yes, let's wait for Lucasfilm, Disney, Star Wars, Rosario Dawson agent herself or someone to kind of confirm this. But I'm going to go 90% to 95 that she is confirmed. I mean, that, yeah, that she will show up in the show. And this comment, I think, is her confirming without confirming. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Peace and Portsek. Um Yeah, don't get our hopes too high, but I think it is. I think it's happening. So let's see. Um, so, yeah. So, this is kind of Ahsoka's year. We'll get her in, in this, maybe her show afterwards. So we'll see. There's a lot of Ahsoka coming in our ways, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us are excited for this. I know Ahsoka has been kind of up and down since her beginning. Everyone was in love with Ahsoka and everything related with her after Rebels. And unfortunately, for some people, the last arc in the Clone Wars kind of brought that down, but you gotta let that breathe. Again, that's why they have arcs Took them four episodes to get everything settled. We'll talk a little bit about it when we do our Watch review. But Ahsoka needed that time to breathe on her own before what's going on now is going happens. So yeah, more Ahsoka coming, count me in. So our final news of the day, and at least we're moving away from Mandalorian a little bit, but staying with the Star Wars TV shows is Cassian Andor TV series casting news. And this will be pretty quick because I don't follow a lot of actors. I can give you a lot of background, especially in a show that we know basically nothing about, just that it's a prequel to Rogue One, Cassian and K2. But Stellan's cast guard and Kyle Soler have been added to the cast of the TV show still on name. Uh, Stellan's cast guard, better known for portraying Professor Skellig in Thor and, and the Avengers and most recently in the great HBO drama series, Chernobyl, which if you haven't watched it, pause this, no, don't pause it. After this, go start watching Chernobyl. It's about six or eight episodes. It's a great series. Stan does a great job. It's a great actor. So adding someone of his caliber to this show is just a pos is always positive. Uh, no idea what character he's gonna play. It's gonna be, Empire, Rebellion, maybe Separatists. As we know that Cassian's family was part of the Separatists when he was younger. So there's a lot of it that he can play. There's a lot of a lot of fun and good stuff they can do with this show, depending on how they go about it. Hopefully it's not just a Cassian and K2 kind of drama of the day. Hopefully they show the both aspects of the rebellion that day-to-day -day of the Empire and maybe a few episodes with the Separatists also how his family changed from being a Separatist to following the rebellion. So, And Kyle Soler, I know nothing about the guy. Uh, done a few British drama or British TV. So if he got cast in the series, I can only assume that he's a pretty good actor. So yeah. 
every anything about Cassian, I'm gonna be on top of. I think Rogue One. There was a lot of talk about it online today or these past few weeks. Rogue One is either one of the favorite new Star Wars to a lot of people, or kind of eh, I don't know. But Rogue One has grown on me a lot. It's every time I watch it, it goes up a couple of notches. I love the Cassian character. Um, so yeah, anything that we can get about it. I'm so excited for this. Of course, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan being one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. But Cassian is right there. Diego Luna is a great ambassador for Star Wars. Every time that he talks about it, you can see his eyes light up. We all know his infatuation with Java. So hopefully he has a hot to hug at some point. But yeah, anything about Cassian TV show, bring it, bring it. I'm ready. All right, so with that said, we're kind of done with our news stories. There were a couple. We had four news stories. Usually it's been a little bit quiet, but not yet, not this week, but there were just a little little nuggets here and there. So let's move on. I know what we all want to talk about, and that is the Clone Wars. Oh, wait, no, Cassian, you're not in the Clone Wars. Oh, that's my name. Let me just promote the show a little bit. There we go. Ah, let me take a quick breather. Okay, so Clone Wars review episode nine, Old Friends Not Forgotten. The first episode in what's unfortunately the last arc of the Clone Wars, better known as the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, there's gonna be spoilers throughout, but I'm guessing if you're watching this, this live show or if you're going in later and watching the recap, um, I'm pretty sure you watched it already. What a great episode. So, yeah, Clone Wars. So there's, so Siege of Mandalore is what, what's that, Clone Wars? I should just ban you from here. I know you're joking. Someone else will just, I like you guys, but yeah. All right, Siege of Mandalore. So a lot of people have been waiting for this since um season what season is again i'm lost we're all working from home we're all quarantined i don't know what day it is it's this recording i might not even have a podcast i'm just talking to a wall um season seven yes this is season seven when season seven of the clone wars was kind of officially announced last year we all went crazy finally we're getting the bad batch and we're getting siege of mandalore and I know a lot of people got antsy when Siege of Mandalore didn't happen right then and then. Um, knowing that it's only a 12 episode season, people kind of wanted to jump right on board with Siege of Mandalore. We had the Bad Batch, which we know was kind of halfway done when Clone Wars was originally canceled. So we had to get through that first. And a lot of people didn't appreciate the Ahsoka arc, those four episodes. Um, if you're a fan of the show and you've been listening to my reviews, it took me a while to get on board with the Moites sister and with Ahsoka. But like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it takes time and that's why Filoni and his group does well. That's why everything is built on arcs. It's not just one episode. You need time to let the characters learn their motivation and why they do certain things. And that's why that Ahsoka arc is so important before jumping to Siege of Mandalore now. If you go from Bad Batch to Siege of Mandalore without having spent that time with Ahsoka after she leaves the Jedi Order, you're 
you're cheating yourself of a lot of growth in that character. It's something that some of us can relate to. But if you're not in that position that you've been part of something since the very beginning of your life, basically, as she was with the Jedi Order, then feel betrayed by them to the point that you're cast out, you can't go from that point to then working together again. There has to be that little time in between to show her emotional state. You were having those kind of thoughts and following the Jedi philosophy, but not being a Jedi, how that affects her. And like she mentioned in this episode, the vision that people that need help have of the Jedi, why they've fallen away from that from feeling that about Jedi because they only think about war right now, which is not what the Jedi are about. So yeah, it took it took some time, but we're there and then Sister Mandalore gets here and we're gone. We're going. This is everyone that's been talking about is this should be in the movie theaters when they open up. Hopefully this year, who knows? Never. Everything's now on Disney Plus and Netflix or whatever. But yeah, this is very cinematic. If we have three more episodes of this, then I Hardly, I 100% agree that they should kind of combine all of them in a hour and a half kind of made for the TV, not the higher, um, made for the big screen kind of Clone Wars. A lot of people talking about that Clone Wars started with a movie, it should end with a movie, and Siege of Mandalore is that. Uh, so yeah, there's a, a great, a lot of great little callbacks to Star Wars, and they were quiet, some of them. I know sometimes they can be really on your face, uh, face, and people kind of don't like that. So there's a lot of callbacks to the Star Wars movie that for me, they work great. Uh, we see all the Jedi getting dispatched to their planets and to all the battles that we're gonna see them eventually in Revenge of the Sith, and also eventually where they will meet their fate with Order 66, so it's great to see that. It tells you how close we are to those events. Uh, we have the great line of when Ahsoka says, Obi-Wan doesn't believe in luck, which kind of goes back to Obi-Wan and looking at New Hope when he tells them, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Uh, I don't let my feelings cloud my judgment. When um, Bo-Katan brings up Satine, uh, which again, it's, Reminiscent of, I believe it was Mace Windu says something similar to Anakin where they're going to go and try to arrest the champ chancellor saying that I think um, fear clouds your judgment or something like that. So there's that little correlation. Um, that Jedi theme and this it's a little correction that I'll make when I was in the episode and you have Ahsoka and Rex and the 501st attacking Mandalore and sorry, we're, I know we're going to be jumping in. We're not going to do a kind of from start to finish review, just we'll jump right in. So when Ahsoka jumps out of the Republic gunship with her lightsabers, you see the, the Star Wars Jedi theme come up and the great score again by Kevin Kiner. And to me, it reminded me of that kind of score, but in Attack of the Clones. And I kind of saw oh, this is around the same timeline, so it makes sense. But then someone posted on Twitter that it was actually, they put a side-by-side -side comparison of that scene with the beginning of Revenge of the Sith when Jedi, Jedi, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are going into Maul's, into Grievous's starship, it's the same score. So it's a great callback to show you that those scenes are happening at the same time. 
Uh, so yeah, the end is coming soon. You couldn't say it any better. So yeah, it's a great way to show us that the siege of Mandalore and the beginning of Revenge of the Sith are happening at the same time when Coruscant is under siege, under attack by General Grievous. It happens at the same time, it's the same music, and it just worked perfectly. Um, and speaking of General Grievous, that design where they do that cold open and they show that General Grievous is attacking, it's gonna start attacking Coruscant, that shot of Grievous is just great. I love that character, love the design. Um, bad that we didn't get that much time with him in episode three, but we did in the Clone Wars and this episode just seeing that design so menacing, it's great. Um, Shakti, this is for you, Shakti. The end is coming, we all know it. It's been, been like three or four different ways that she's died already, so hopefully, we'll get our official canon version of how Shakti met her end at the hands of Grievous. And I believe there was a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where Grievous kills her on board his ship. In the original Clone Wars TV series, I think she dies when he goes and um, kidnaps the counselor. So here I think we're gonna see the official one and I think it's gonna be in the, a cold open. Same as they did at the as they did at the beginning of each show, I think they'll just make a quick mention and maybe a scene of Grievous kind of, yeah. So yeah, I agree. Piece and parts of the design was incredible. Uh, the animation this season has been great. Each episode, it seems like it gets better and better. Even the clones when they're doing the battle at the beginning, which again incredibly cinematic. When the clones are going to fight the battle droids. Even the background droids are doing something. They're just not standing around or running. One of them where a missile goes by, it's like a third clone, like three, three things back or whatever. He kind of tries to dodge. So those little things that you wouldn't expect a, a cartoon to do, just kind of showing live action, they're really doing a great job in it this season. And it shows that they're very passionate for this last season of the Clone Wars. Um, and of course, I know it wasn't me. I'm pretty sure everyone out there thought the same thing when Anakin, after Anakin and Obi-Wan have their little banter, which is great to have again, because we haven't seen it in a while. But why are you hiding down there? Come on, let's fight and finish my battle. We came to help you. I'm not going to hide here. We're going to go save the people. And of course, Anakin just walking straight through the battle, same as his son did 60 years later, standing against the droid army same as luke did against the first order it's great it's a great and callback a great kind of parallel parallel of both of them so yeah classic anakin you're right that banter with obi-wan which at first i love obi-wan so i kind of get sad when he's not treated the right way but it's anakin it's like obi-wan said eh, i've learned that i can't really stop you so what's your plan yeah, seeing Anakin walking that way just kind of brought reminded reminded of of that great scene from the Last Jedi. Um, so yeah, that first scene with all the the droids attacking the uh, Commander Cody and his clones, and then when that missile is coming, with Obi Wan jumping and slicing. The missile halfway in me there was great. 
Uh, we have two emotional reveals that we kind of knew were coming already because they were in the trailer, at least one of them actually, which is Ahsoka meeting again. And I lost my. So yeah, Ahsoka meeting the 501st, kind of being reunited with Rex, and the 501st was actually more emotional than when she saw Anakin. When she sees Anakin, not only on the hologram, but in, in person, she's like, ah, we don't have time for smoochy reunions. But when she sees all the clones, everyone's still calling her commander, still respecting her for everything that she's done for them throughout the years. They don't care if you're a Jedi, if you're the council or not. Oh, you're not part of the... Republic, it doesn't matter. If you're in with the clones, they respect you, they have your back forever. So it's great to see that still going and everyone calling her still commander, especially Rex. Um, and then of course, when she gets her lightsabers that Anakin has kept for her, but he did change the Kyber crystals because if I'm remembering right, um, and tell me you guys in the comments or in the chat, her lightsaber colors, when she leaves the order, are that kind of greenish yellow. And then we know that in Rebels, they're white. But somehow, right now, they're blue. As Anakin said, I kept them for you. It's, I don't remember the exact thing, but the exact phrase that he used, but once she turns them back on and they're blue, he can, ah, I made one correction or something like that. So, yeah. Great to see her getting her lightsabers back, and you can see the difference that a Jedi makes when they have their lightsabers. Because last hour she was having a little bit of trouble, not too much, but a little with the pikes. But when she gets her lightsabers here, she just wrecks shop. Um, I love the design, the color scheme, the color design of the of Maul's Mandalorian. Is it the Mandalorians that they called, especially Goy Saxon and Rook, that yellow orange tint the visor with the black and red helmet and armor is just a great design and of course the ahsoka clones also with her color schemes are great helmet designs and if you know me it's a question last week i love my helmets i love my star wars and my clone helmets so seeing those designs i need to get my hands on some of them at some point um i think you will get lost in the episode oh, so yes, this is I haven't read the Ahsoka novel when this is one of the first canon novels that came out by E.K. Johnson, if I'm not forsaking uh forgetting. I wasn't too into it. I started reading them a little bit later with Bloodline, and then after they came out, a lot of the new canon novels. I haven't read the Ahsoka one. I just finally got into the Son of Dathomir comics that I read last night. But I guess I'm gonna have to get the Ahsoka novel at some point soon. Um, so yeah, the Mandalorian's design is great, the yellow tint to the helmet. Um, Almec's armor threw me off for a second when it pops up that green and yellow for a second. I said, Boba Fett? What's Boba Fett doing here? But then now uh, that's Almec with that green, yellow kind of design. Um, and the Ahsoka we see here resembles the Ahsoka that we've known and was missing from the last arc. And again, it's understandably so that she's a different character at this point, but she's confident again. She stands up to Kenobi when he's kind of telling her, ah, I'm, I fight for the Republic. And she kind of just hits him back. No, you're fighting for the Chancellor. And he can, ah, uh, you're right. So we have that Ahsoka back and it's great to have her back. Uh, like I was going to say, it gets lost in this episode, but 
I love that Obi-Wan can always always that steadfast Jedi that doesn't let his emotions get in the way, doesn't let them take over. He's fighting for the Republic, not for revenge or hate against Darth Maul. Uh, both 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 times that Maul is brought up, he kind of brushes it aside. Again, no emotions. Um, he's cautiously cautiously optimistic when it comes to the capturing Maul. He knows that he doesn't die that easily. And then when Bo-Katan brings up Satine, saying that, oh, I thought you care about my sister, he delivers that line as only Obi-Wan can, that she did mean something to him. She still did, but I can't allow my feelings to cloud my judgment, which again is 100% Obi-Wan. Sometimes you have characters between shows and movies that they don't seem like the same character because of the choices they make, but Obi-Wan has always been that steadfast Jedi. And to me, again, Obi-Wan, 100% the best Jedi out there. Um, I love the back and forth between Bo-Katan, um, Obi-Wan, and Kano um, Anakin, where they're talking, what's another, uh, we'll be drawn into another war. And she's like, well, what's another one? That's very real life, and I don't want to get political on the show or anything, but it's very real life with all the wars going on, and you think you're done with one before you get into the other one. But again, Anakin being surprisingly, they want to kind of break the ice and kind of get away from that. Oh, we still haven't finished our first one. Yeah. And again, Obi-Wan kind of remind, reminding them that Maul doesn't stay there dead. No, he doesn't. I don't know if capturing him is the best idea, but Maul doesn't stay dead. He should be dead right now, right? He's small. Uh, so yeah, after this, they get the okay from Anakin and Obi-Wan to kind of divide the five of us, which I'm pretty sure that Obi-Wan didn't go to the Jedi Council and tell them what was Ahsoka's plan, but I, because I'm sure none of them is gonna be okay with, with the most important war of the Clone Wars is going on. Your home base is getting attacked by the general of the droid army to send half of your best battalion to another planet, to another war. So I'm pretty sure he never told the Jedi Council what was going on. But at least we get to know, at least for me, I was always wondering, where's Rex? We never know where Captain Rex is during Attack of the Clones. He doesn't show up in the movie. Obviously, he was created afterwards for the Clone Wars. Ooh, excuse me. I just ate something. Um, but now we know. He's in Mandalore with Ahsoka and Bo-Katan trying to capture Maul. So that's where Captain Rex is. And I should stop calling him Captain Rex because he was promoted and he's Commander Rex. And you better respect Commander Rex. Um, so yeah, we're right at the beginning of episode three. Um, oh yeah, so when the trailer initially came out, we were thinking that this was, and it's going kind of parallel with episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and they, they would eventually kind of pass it and be going at the same time, but we got separated into Siege of Mandalore and then Revenge of the Seas happening at the same time, just in another part of the galaxy. So I thought maybe we're, they're not gonna kind of show what's going on, but I did read the uh, no description of the last two episodes of the season, and I, it looks like we're gonna get into it. I won't say, just in case people don't wanna get spoiled. But there's some things that happen in Revenge of the Seas that will have effect on, the, on this next couple of episodes. Uh, the actual Siege of Mandalore, when they get there, is awesome. Uh, the Republic gunships and the Bo-Katan Mandalorian, you see the, the night house, the gauntlet fighters, those spaceships are awesome. And the flying Mandalorians kind of trying to shoot them down. We have both groups 
both groups of Mandalorians with the jetpacks kind of flying and fighting. And then like we mentioned, Ahsoka kicking butt with her lightsabers and jumping from ship to ship. So yeah, all that scene was spectacular. It's what we wanted out of this episode. And it's no surprise what a lot of people are calling this episode not the best one of the season, but maybe the best of the series so far. I won't go that far, but if the next three kind of live up to the hype, I think it's going to be one of the best arcs that we've had so far. I mean, so far, one of the best arcs in the Clone Wars in general. Uh, we get, as always, Maul, he doesn't care about, about anything, just getting Kenobi. He doesn't care that Ahsoka's there. He doesn't care that the clones are there. He doesn't care that his Mandalorians are getting beat up. All he cares is about Kenobi. You brought the wrong Jedi. I was expecting Kenobi. What are you doing here? So nothing else matters to him. And that's what makes him such a tragic character in Star Wars. He only has one purpose, and that's killing Obi-Wan Kenobi in revenge, as we know, because he got sliced in half. And that's his only kind of motivation in life is what can I do to kill Kenobi? And we know that that's never going to happen. Um, so yeah, he's a very tragic character, but he's a great character. Yes, gunship hopping. Just a thumbs up in my... I gotta find a better... I don't know, thumbs up. Yay, I need a better sign. I gotta make a sign or something when I'm very passionate about something. Um, so yeah, we hope that it does get turned into a movie, those four episodes. Um, if it doesn't officially get done, I'm sure someone out there on the interwebs which, who has a lot of editing experience, we'll get to it and make one anyways. But yeah, hopefully, officially becomes uh, kind of a hour and a half movie and they put it out in the theaters whenever they open again. So we'll see. Uh, so finishing up our talk on the first episode of Siege of Mandalore, let's finish up with Ahsoka. So like I mentioned, she's not that naive ex-Jedi that we met at the beginning of the last arc. She throws the vision of the Jedi to um, so the vision of the Jedi to those in need back in Obi-Wan's face when he's talking about, oh, we have to think about the war, this is important. She's like, this is why people don't, that's why people have lost faith in the Jedi. You only care about the Republic and fighting these wars and not really helping the people that need help. So yeah, we get that kind of snippy Ahsoka back. Uh, her Mandalorian-inspired dress or her battle gear with the Mandalorian design is pretty awesome. And again, all the clones still respecting her, still calling her commander. So great episode, great way to start the Siege of Mandalore arc. Um, and next week, episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice. Um, so we'll see. What do you guys think out there? Everything I've heard has been very positive for this episode against Siege of Mandalore. It's what everyone's been waiting for since the season was announced. So I only have three more to stick the landing. I think they're starting that rotation to stick the landing and they're going the right way. So next week, episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice. And like I mentioned at the beginning, the last episode is going to be Star Wars Day, May 4th, which I believe is a Monday. So we might get an episode Friday, episode 11. And then episode 12, the last episode will be on Monday, May 4th. Get those tissues ready. It's going to be something. All right. So with that said, let's move to our special topic of the day, which is our favorite prequel trilogy quotes. So like I said at the beginning, late last week, I was kind of, 
I didn't know what to talk about this week. I knew we we're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, the Clone Wars, but we always try to throw in that special kind of main topic at the end. I didn't know what to what to say. And then quotes. I have a list. Uh, you can see, again, a list of little topics I want to talk about in the show. And I started going through it, and I saw favorite quotes. So, okay, let's let's go with this. Let's see what people think out there. There's too many movies to do. Just uh, what's your favorite Star Wars quote in general? So I said, let's start with, yeah, is it Friday yet? Yeah, let's get that next episode. I want it. You want it. We all just, I want all of them right now. And again, we go through them. So that's that balance. Do you want everything and do binge watching like we're used to or just spread it week to week? It's week to week is better, but I just wish they were, you can get to them quicker. Yeah, so thank you, Rudolph Farnboys, or for confirming May 4th is a Monday, so I have to skip work that day. If you're working from home, then you have an excuse. Right, so yes, talking about prequel quotes. So went ahead, went on to our Twitter, kind of put out three polls, kind of going, what are your favorite quotes from Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith? And I gonna, I don't, I don't feel like gave it my all because after I put out the polls, I started thinking about all the other great quotes from that series, from the prequel that I forgot about. Because there's so many features. I mean, you can do a whole show just on Obi-Wan quotes. Or Georgia. I think Georgia, Georgia Binks has a lot of great quotes that get forgotten. Well, yes, let's go to it. Um, so the way I did it, apart from putting the poll and then talking about the one that got the most votes, there's a lot of factors to consider when you're talking about quotes and why they're important. I'm going to divide them into cultural impact, so how they integrated our society, personal favoritism, which is my personal favorite, and impact on the Star Wars story. So first up, let's start with prequel, of course, the prequel, with The Phantom Menace. And for you guys in the chat, and if you're watching this later on the replay, just Hop on on the comments, leave what's your favorite quote if I forgot to talk about it, or there's one you want to talk about. If you're in the chat right now, let's go ahead and send it and we'll talk about it. The Phantom Menace, some of the other responses I got from you guys out there was, the ability to, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. From Qui-Gon to Georgian Binks, this is a great quote that we can use on our daily life when someone says something that, that's just dumb, dude. So the ability to speak doesn't make you intelligent. That's a great quote that happened right away. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to my brother, Jose Calderon, a runner 47 on Twitter, who jumped in and said, you were right about one thing, master. The negotiations were short. It's a bad Obi-Wan. Well, you got it. So Obi-Wan to Qui-Gon when they get shot after they leave the, the separatist droid ship. Yeah, I agree. Um, George's dialogue is largely overlooked, but now people are kind of getting back on board with George, giving him a little bit more of a break. Uh, he has a lot of little quotes here and very quick, a lot of things he said that might kind of just go by if you're not paying attention. Uh, one of my favorite George quotes, which I say every time I'm on a hotel, on a business conference or something, and we're heading back home, is, we are going home. I like that quote. And this is one that I forgot, that if I have put in this on the poll, it would have won probably pretty easy. Roger, Roger. Who doesn't say Roger, Roger every, every time they're outside? 
So on our poll, the one that got the most votes with 43% was I will make it legal. From Doisidius to Newt Gongray and Rune Hauk. Great quote gets Doisidius kind of showing his, if you fail me again, damn name audience. So yeah, that's a great quote and no surprise it got the most votes. Um, cultural impact, um, I think, and what are maybe Chlorians? When Anakin asks Qui-Gon, what are maybe Chlorians? This changed our perspective of the Force. We always thought from that great Yoda quote that we'll maybe get when we do our original trilogy quotes. Talking about midi-chlorian, not midi-chlorian, talking about the force, how it binds the galaxy together. And here we got midi-chlorians and how they impact the force and who can use the force and all that. So I think that's a very important quote in the kind of cultural impact in terms that it changed a lot of people's perspective about the, the force. Um, more impact on Star Wars, I think, is Darth Maul to the Emperor, uh, saying, at least we will reveal, at, at last we will reveal our self to the dead. Sorry, I just got, show me a news that Florida schools are going to be closed for the rest of the year. Yay, more homeschooling. So yeah, that's another podcast. All right, let's get on this again. So impact on Star Wars. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. Darth Maul to Darth Sidious. Impact on Star Wars. Again, first time in a thousand years that the Sith are revealed to the Jedi. So it's very important to Star Wars and the story to come. And of course, one that I forgot, and it's probably the most important in all of Star Wars, is we will watch your career with great interest. Palpatine talking to Anakin and how his grand design will come into play. But my favorite quote from the Phantom Menace is, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to suffering. Yoda to Anakin. So that the story of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is set in that great quote by Master Yoda. Fear of losing his mother, also his fear of losing Padme, cannot turn him to hate himself, to hate the Jedi, to hate all. Anakin, I mean, sorry to hate Obi-Wan, but mostly the Jedi Order. And then anger again towards Obi-Wan and then suffering for the rest of its life. He's always suffering since that moment in Mustafar. Uh, if you read the Charles Soul comics, you know that he knows that Padme was alive. He knows that he didn't kill her, but he's always suffering for that decision. And the Emperor, Emperor always kind of nipping at him and making him feel worse and worse. So he's always suffering. So that quote from Yoda basically is the whole story of Anakin Skywalker from being angry and fearful to suffering for the rest of his life till his son kind of finally brings him back to the light. So yeah, midi-chlorians are, I brought this up when this came, not when this came out, I'm not that old. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, I don't know, 10 years ago, talking about how midi-chlorians were kind of new and he kind of said, no, nah, not really. It's just the way it's described. It's a little bit different, but it's not new. They doesn't change really what the force is. It's just how you want to kind of go about it. It's Star Wars. So a lot of people don't want everything kind of explained. So I think midi is what that's kind of first step of explaining the unexplainable. But I think it's a great way to show that we all have them. It's like everyone has a talent for something. It's just how much you put into it. 
Some people are more talented than others because of genes or whatever you want to believe in. So maybe Clarence just kind of helps push those people that kind of work on their ability to control the force. Maybe Clarence kind of help that way. So yeah, but again, it's it kind of changed the way we think about Star Wars a little bit. All right, so moving on from the Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones. This is, I forgot about a lot of great quotes from Attack of the Clones. But our friends, I'm gonna mention Pete and Parsec, which are on the chat right now. They did send in this one, victory. Victory, you say? Master Obi-Wan, not victory. The shroud of the dark side has fallen. Begone the Clone Wars half. Yoda to Obi-Wan at the end of the Phantom of Attack of the Clones. It's a great quote that kind of moves us right into the Clone Wars and then everything else that happens in the galaxy. And our friend also, a rural farm boy, he said, I hate it when he does that. Talking about Obi-Wan saying when Anakin jumps off from his speeder chasing Sam Wessel in that current sense kind of night. Uh, we also got another great quote. Why do I get a feeling that you're going to be the death of me? Obi-Wan to Anakin kind of foreshadowing what we all know is going to happen eventually. Uh, so on our poll, the one that got the most votes with 39% was, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. I knew it. As soon as I put it, I knew that was going to be the first one. It's no contest. Everyone loves to hate or hates to love on that quote. Um, another quote that I got was, I call it aggressive negotiations. Again, that's one has stayed in the kind of Star Wars vernacular for a long time. So cultural impact. Um, I don't like sand. I think that's some a quote that everyone knows, everyone can relate to, and we like making fun of it. So that kind of going into the daily life of people, the I don't like sand quote is one. And also with one that I forgot to put on the quote, it's I killed them all, not just the men, but the women and children. And then that kind of has taken its step into other cultural daily stuff that we go through. Impact on Star Wars. Um, Again, going to Anakin, I think this is very important in the story of Star Wars is Anakin talking to Padme and going, someday I will, I promise you, I'll, I'll, I even will learn to stop people from dying. That's from that day on, that's all he thinks about. He couldn't save his mother. What can he do to stop people from dying? He had the vision of Padme dying. How can I save her? And that moves all the way to episode nine, if you will, with Ben Solo finding a way to save Rey Skywalker. Yes. So yeah, Anakin's obsession to stop people from dying was has very impactful on Star Wars. Well, my favorite quote or quote is everything that has to do between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Django Fred on Camino. I just love their interaction. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. I'm gonna make it as far as Coruscant. So twice recently, possibly. Django's just been a smug jerk talking down to a Jedi because he knows he can. And Obi-Wan knows that he's face to face with a bounty hunter he's supposed to capture, but doesn't have the whole proof that he needs to arrest him right then and there. So yeah, Obi-Wan and Django, their battle afterwards is great, but that conversation between them, I just love it. I love Django Fett and <laughs> and Obi-Wan's interaction. And if 
like I mentioned, I'm going to be doing a Star Wars a prequel trivia soon. I got like five questions from that interaction only. Um, all right. So let's move on to the last, and at least in my opinion, the uh, best prequel movie, which is Revenge of the Sith. Here we go. And this is another one that if you wanted, you can just put Obi-Wan. And everything that Obi-Wan says is a great quote in this whole movie. So we had a couple from you guys saying, so this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause, which again has a great impact on Star Wars. This is Padna Midala to Bail Organa. My brother jumped in again and said, wait a minute, how did this happen? Who's smarter than that? Apparently not. Obi-Wan and Anakin talking when General Grievous captures them in that rain shield. And then from our poll, and I forgot to add a very important one, which was, I don't know, I don't. I don't know, I wrote here that I forgot to add a very important one. I didn't add which the important one was. So, so we'll get to it in, eventually. Um, yes, I agree. Anakin and his abandonment issues is tragic. I mean, Anakin's just, his whole story is very tragic. Um, yeah, so I, I, get, I agree with you. Uh, so yeah, the one that go, got our most votes was Hello There with 54%. No surprise, that's an easy one. Um, oh, this is the one I forgot to add to the poll. Is no, I did add this one. Forget it, I'm losing my train of thought again. It's almost an hour, I need some water. Uh, so cultural impact in Star Wars, I have the high ground. I mean, sorry, cultural impact in our world, I have the high ground. Everyone says that. Who doesn't like to have the high ground? And of course, Darth Sidious to Mace Windu, I am the Senate. This is where we say this every, every time someone says, I am this, now nah, I am the Senate. So I think those two have kind of have a cultural impact on our world. Impact on Star Wars. You are on the council, but we do not grant you the wish, the rank of master. Going again to the tragic that is Anakin Skywalker. How can you do this? How can you be in the council and not be a master? Again, it kind of propels him down that path that Sidious has been slowly, slowly telling him, they don't trust you. They have a plot against me. That Jedi know who they, I know who they think they are. They want you to spy on me. Oh, they put you on the council, but you're not a master. How can that be? So this all plays to Sidious's strength, plays against Anakin's weaknesses of that betrayal and kind of feeling that people don't trust him. So that's very important in Star Wars in general, that quote by Mace Windu. And then, of course, I cry when I see this. Obi-Wan to Anakin. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Last phrase, last sentence that he told Anakin before turning to Darth Vader was goodbye, old friend. That's it. I start crying soon. Um, another very important one in Star Wars, henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. So this is the birth of, the, of officially of Darth Vader being kind of baptized as the Sith Lord. And oh, this is the one I forgot to talk about that I didn't put on the poll, which should have won it, Execute Order 66. Again, without Order 66, the Jedi could have still kind of beaten Sidious, stopped the war, Order 66 changed anything. Oh, yes, 
you'll try. I'll, I'll do what I must. Again, my favorite part of Revenge of the Sith is that whole battle in Mustafar, the conversation between, I don't think you should call it a conversation, but when Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan are talking in that platform before and after he kind of force chokes Padme. And then at the end, that part of you'll try, I'll do my I'll do what I must. And of course, at the end, after he chops in in half, the battle of the heroes, yes. It breaks me. Seeing, and I think I have it as one of my favorites, and I'll wait. So let's keep going real quick. Um, so my favorite, there's a few, is Yoda to Anakin. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, which that applies, which it should apply to everything in our lives. And I did uh, it applied that to me a few years ago. And then one of my favorites, like you were saying at the end, it's I loved you, Anakin. You were my brother. That part just breaks me every time. The love that everyone had for Anakin and not believing that he could fall to the dark side and having to do what he did. So yeah, that line and the way that Ewan McGregor delivers it, I think that's the my favorite one. Yeah, the band broke. Uh -huh. Um and a fun one at the end, I also like every time that you're driving or that you're in a plane and it lands. Another happy landing. So yeah, you see a lot of Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. I think that was gonna happen. Um so yeah, I think those are a lot of great quotes from the prequel. There's a lot more that we can go through. I'm sure if you guys start going through it, I haven't watched the movie since I did my rewatch before Rise of Skywalker came out. So there's a lot of great prequel quotes. So if you guys like this, my plan is, and probably not next week, it all depends. I'll probably do the same thing for original trilogy or the sequel trilogy. And then I'll probably do one with Solo, Rogue One, um, put the Mandalorian in there and do also favorite quotes for those different trilogies. All right, so with that said, uh, yes, before we end, you're right. The So we know from A New Hope when Obi-Wan is talking with Luke, and he tells him, yeah, he was a, a great friend, a great pilot, great friend. I can't remember the quote, the quote. Um, so yeah. The relationship, we always wanted to watch it. They didn't get exploited too much in the movies, but watching the Clone Wars, and then you go watch Revenge of the Sith. And yeah, it's, again, tragic. Star Wars is a tragic. I know, it's just so tragic, but we love it. Uh, so yeah, that's our show for the day. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Um, peace and parsecs, a rural fanboy. Thanks for joining. Thanks for making this a great show. If you're catching this afterwards and doing the replay, thank you guys also for your support. If you're only watching to the audio portion, don't worry. Thanks again for the support, for getting us over a thousand listens. Jump in the comments, put your comments on, your favorite quotes, anything that we have missed, your thoughts on first episode of Fish of Mandalore, the news that we talked about, anything you want us to cover later. Uh, Twitter, at Radio Rebel Pod, follow us there. If you want to follow my personal account uh, at tweets by AC. You can go there. So yeah, thank you guys. See you next week. Stay safe. Be safe. May the force be with you.
Radio Rebellion.